0: Good morning. Good morning. We greet you, our Facebook family, as well as everyone else here. I don't know about you all on Facebook, but we are live and in person. Yeah. Amen.
1: Yeah.
0: Amen. Yeah. The psalmist said in the, in the 122nd division of Psalms, he says, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I am glad to be back yeah. in the house of the Lord with the saints the bible speaks of being in the congregation of the righteous it's something about us gathering together amongst the saints i'm not um, lord i thank you for the time that you kept us all at home and all of that but oh god i glorify you for the opportunity to be back in the house of god hallelujah amongst the saints so truly the lord is good and he's been merciful unto us i'm going to go ahead and start in the word of prayer and we'll get right into the word of god today but i want to uh encourage those of you all that may be watching us via facebook listen you are welcome to come and join in person Amen. you are what wel- we're going to do what we need to do we're going to comply with what we need to comply but you know what the word of god was written before the cdc was ever in place Amen. and i believe when the cdc is gone the word of God is still going to be standing. Yeah. And I'm not saying that making little of the CDC. I'm grateful what, they, what they've done to contribute to the welfare of all mankind. However, I think we need to honor what the word of God says as well. Yeah. Yeah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord. I pray specifically for us here. And I pray in this regard, Lord, we have not met together in person since March but Lord you've allowed us not to have lost one person to the virus God you've been our keeper you have raised those of, of us that may have been afflicted you have raised us back up you've strengthened our bodies God you've brought us back and God we thank you for that we don't take it for granted we acknowledge it's the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our sight So, Father, thank you. And, Lord, I pray today that you would open up the eyes of our understanding concerning the scriptures. Speak to our hearts. Cause our hearts to burn from the presence of the living God. Lord, let this be indeed the engrafted word of God, which is able to save our souls. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And amen. Amen. Well, let's go into the word of God this morning. I want to go... um, well, I, don't, I wanted to say I was going to be brief, but we don't know here. We'll see how it goes. I want to speak to you from the subject. It's better when you embrace the kingdom movement. Wow, wow, wow. It's better when you embrace the kingdom movement. Proverbs 14 and 12 says, there's a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. I want to really speak to this subject today because I believe it is better when you embrace the kingdom movement. Well, what do you mean, Pastor? You know, we've had certain celebrities speak of more than one way to get to God. We've had certain individuals uh, hint or actually say that there should be more, more than one way to do this, more than one way to do that. And we have embraced a lifestyle alternatives we've looked at other routes other ways of doing things but i want to submit to you a very simple principle from the scripture today that it's better to embrace the kingdom movement i want to submit to you this very thought and principle to go with you for the rest of your life that if you do it god's way it will always be better every aspect of your life every aspect of my life if we do it God's way, it will always be better. It implies that there is another way. Proverbs 14 and 12 says again, I want to make sure we understand this. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man. But the end there are the ways of death. There is another way. But let's see where that way ends up at. So my first point Number one, God's way is always better. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Jesus specifically told us what to do. Seek first. In other words, make it a priority. Make the kingdom the priority. Make His righteousness or his right way of doing things the priority, implying that there are other ways, but they're just not the right way. So as we look at making the kingdom of God the right way, he says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. In other words, people are doing these other ways to get The other things Jesus says, if you do it this way, the other things will come because God's way is always better. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. In other words, God has told us exactly what his plans are for us. We're not wondering what is the end going to be like. We're not wondering is it going to be good or not. He's told us exactly what his plans are for us because God's way is always better. Romans 8 and 28. The Bible says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. In other words, we have God's word on what is happening in our life. Let me share something with you. What do you mean we have God's word on what is happening in our lives? I mean simply this. Even though I may not understand what's happening in my life. Even though I may not like what's happening in my life. What I know according to the word of God, it's working for good. Because God cannot lie. And i'm assuming according unto his word knowing that god is good whatever is happening in my life if god is allowing it it's going to be about being good well pastor you don't understand i'm going through this and i'm going through that you know what some things we go through you know what it does it drives us to our knees now tell me that's not good Well, Pastor, you don't understand. I don't like the way this feels. You know what? It's a lot of medicines that we've had to take over the course of our lives that we didn't like, but it was for our Come on, you preaching better than I'm saying amen. If we realize God's way is always better. See, I want to make sure you understand this. Because, well, well, Pastor, let's, let's be clear. Wait a minute. For those of you all that are married, there's another way to be married. But God's way is always better. Well, you, you know, they, they switching partners now. They finding places where you could hook up with other folk now. But I'm just, I just want you to know that God's way is always better. See, we, we try to make this always just something that's in the scriptures. I'm trying to say God is saying his way is better in life. Everything you're doing. For those of you all that are single. I want you to know that God's way is better. Yes. What do you mean God's way is better than it? But wait, wait, wait. See, your mind does not have to be inundated with who you gonna hook up with. Who can I finally find that's gonna deliver me from this mess? No, 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 no. I know a God who can satisfy you, whether you single or whether you married, because God's way is always better. Let's talk about finances. Well, you know, I, I got my money, He got his money, just the way we do things. Are you doing it God's way? See, I don't believe that you can do it God's way and be broke. Well, pastor, you don't understand my knee, I'm trying to get this and I'm trying to see something's wrong. Something's out of order. How can you tell me that the God who spoke into existence and said, let there be light. And the last time I look, light is still shining. Then all of a sudden he can't supply your needs. Uh, amen. I, I, I just don't understand. It. You must not be doing it God's way. Well, I don't believe in this and I don't believe it. So you don't believe in doing it God's way. Why don't we call it what it really is? Why don't we stop fabricating all of these pretense circumstances and situations and get back to saying, I'm just not doing it God's way. Because then at least I can understand your frustration. See, I can't understand your frustration now because you ain't doing it God's way. Well, you know, uh, I just feel like, you know, that, that, I tried it, but it didn't work. Listen, this, this is, God is not a car that you drive off the lot. Amen. You don't take him for a test ride. You are all in or you not in. See, you it, it don't work like that. God's way is always better. Y'all got me stuck on my first point and I can't even move. See, I want us to understand something. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care what you're engaged in. You raising your children? How you doing it? How you doing it? Are you raising them God's way? Or are you raising them, well, you know, I, I, this is what my mama and them did to me. Well, you, you know, it's a big thing going on now. You know, the, the, I'm, I'm just saying, James, you know, I'm just, you know, being aware of some of our recent psychology breakthroughs. You know, people say, well, you need to sit down and talk to your kids. You need a reason with them. When the last time you reasoned with a two-year-old? You, well, you know, the, the, the things that they're saying now is, you know, our children need to determine what gender they are. So, so you know, I, you got a five-year-old. Well, well, let's find out what gender you are. They can't even spell gender. And you telling me we need to let them determine? See, are we doing it God's way or has the pressure... Of society seeped over into the congregation of the righteous. See, God's way is always better. The Bible says that foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. You need a rod to drive it out. It's God's way. It's God's way. Uh uh, well, you, 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 that's child abuse. So you say God's way is child abuse simply because you don't like it. Last time I looked, our prisons are overflowing with folks because we ain't doing it God's way. Last time I looked, I see, we see people all addicted to this, addicted to that because we're not doing it God's way. See, God's way is always better. Boy, y'all got me out there on my first point. (laughs) Let me me try to bring some of this back in. See, God is not the problem. I mean, we we, we might as well, you know, come to some realization and, and really put, you know, rubber to the road. God is not the problem. As a matter of fact, Jesus has gone out of his way to show incidents of his faithfulness to us. What do you mean, Pastor? Uh, For a minute, I, I want you to think. I want you to think about the goodness of the Lord in your life. I want you to think about the low points in your life where you didn't know if you would make it to the next day. No, no, saved or unsaved. Some of us have had the freakish experiences of being in places where we didn't know if we would live to see the next day. Caught up in a whole bunch of mess that if it would have went a little bit longer, the seat you currently occupy would be empty. Because God saw fit, watch this, to just show his faithfulness to you. L- listen to this. This, this is, I want to see if I can make a second point here out of this because y'all dragged me on the first one. Um, so my second point is God is not the problem. I'm going to do that. Hebrews 10 and 23 says this. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering for he is faithful that promised. So God is faithful. He's not the problem. Do you know, listen to this, there's not one promise that God has ever made to you or anybody else that he has not kept. No, no, we're not going to run past that. There's not one promise that God has ever made to you or anyone else that he has not kept. God is faithful. Amen. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20, For all the promises of God in him are yea and amen. amen. You know, unto the glory of God by us. 2 Timothy 2 and 13 says, If we believe not, yet he abides faithful, he cannot deny himself. In other words, even if you don't believe God is faithful, he still is faithful to you. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's an incredible God. Yeah. So you know what that's saying? Even to sinners... God is still faithful because He ain't made His faithfulness to predicate on their belief. God goes still remain faithful. Like I said, this is the same God who hung the earth on nothing. Job chapter 22. The Bible says he hung the earth on nothing. Last time I look it's still hanging. Why? Because God is faithful we have numerous incidents of God's faithfulness in our personal lives, time and time again. Your heart's still beating, time and time again. Because God said, live! See, this is the faithfulness of God. Because let, let me help you. Let me help you. Let me help you. Because you haven't always been righteous. You haven't always Now I know I know you, you may beg to differ But you ain't always been clothed in your right mind Oh yeah Because see if you think back over your life You see some crazy decisions Well you know I couldn't have been In my right mind You look back at that old picture No I couldn't have been In my right mind Who is that? No, that that couldn't have been me. That couldn't have been me. See, but he was faithful to you then. In our unbelief, unregenerated, crazy self, he was still faithful. Because God is faithful. Because he's not the problem. Oh, my goodness. Listen to this. Oh. Give me a few minutes here. First Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13. The Bible says there hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that that you're able. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. So even in the worst trial of our lives. It is only a matter of time before God makes a way of escape. And the reason he does it is because he's faithful. You ain't understanding that. You're not getting that. You're not getting the magnitude of that. That if I I know I'm in the trial. I know it's tempting. But in a matter of time, God is going to make sure I have a way of escape because he's faithful. No, no, no. Not because I was faithful. Ken, not because I had it together. But because because he is faithful. See, God's not the problem. Well, let, let me move on to my third point so I want to wrap all of this up here. So, if God's way is always better and if God is not the problem, what in the world is the real issue since all these things are true? That's my third point. If, God, if God's way is always better, if God is not the problem, then what is the real issue since all these things are true? I mean, what are you saying, Pastor? So I'm simply saying this. Why are people doing things God's way? Since we know his way is always better. Why are people more faithful to God since we know he's always faithful? I mean, since we know he's not the problem. Since we know these things are true, what's the real issue? I'm the kind of guy that likes to get to the root of the problem. What is the real issue? Let's see if we can't find it. Go with me to John chapter 20, verse 19. Are we going to slow walk this a little bit? John chapter 20, verse 19. God's way is always better. The Bible says in verse 19, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, peace be unto you. We need to understand according to the context of the scriptures, these are disciples. These are people who are following the teaching of Jesus behind shut doors. The Bible says because they're scared. Let's read the text again. You you, might have missed this. It says being the first day of the week, the doors were shut. That means they locked where the disciples were assembled Mm -hmm. behind the shut doors for fear of the Jews. Uh we scared. That's why it's like this. Uh So Jesus comes in some locked doors. Last time I I was reading this and I looked at this, it doesn't say he went through the door. (laughs) Just let you say that for a moment. Uh Jesus does not go through the door that is locked. But it says Jesus. He showed up. And the Bible says he stood in the midst and saith unto them, peace be unto you. See, when we are afraid, we tend to shut doors in our lives. Oh yeah, when we get scared, we're going to shut some doors. we we try to keep everything out. But you know what? Jesus knows when we are afraid. And it still doesn't stop him from showing up. Amen. We can be so afraid, y'all, that we shut doors that only Jesus could get in. Amen. Ain't nobody else coming up in here. Can't nobody else get in your life but Jesus. Amen. Well, I, I, one time I had a relationship and da 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 And then I was doing this. And, and I, uh, people, somebody did this to me. And we shut our lives off and off and off. For you know, can't nobody get in. But Jesus, but Jesus, you know why we're afraid, we're afraid, let me keep on, let me keep on, verse 20, and when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side, then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord, in other words, Jesus showed up and you know what he did, he said, let me show you my story. Oh, you missed that. You missed that. He didn't say, let me tell you my story. Let me show you my story. Because what he showed them was his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Because this is the time after Jesus has died on the cross. He has been buried. So you got to understand, the disciples are despondent. They're depressed. They're scared. Things, are, Man, what we going to do now? So he says, let me show you my story. I don't need to tell it to you because you've heard it. Let me show it to you. Let, let, let's read that again. The Bible says, and when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Let me ask you this why do we hide the things that help identify us jesus didn't see when they saw the nail prints when they saw the hole they were glad we tend to hide our scars and the scars are what help identify us to people in other words you real See, I understand that you've been through something because of the scars. I'm scared of folk that ain't got no scars. You ain't been through nothing. You don't know nothing. You walking up in here unscarred telling me to go out there and handle everything. As though you were an authority with no scars. But if you can show me some scars, <laughs> I know you've been through a battle and you lived through it. So you just might know what you are talking about. Don't hide the thing that'll help identify you in front of people. It's all right, you can show it, but you could only show it when it don't hurt no more. <laughs> <laughs> when it still hurts, you're covering it you don't want nobody to see it it's still hurting but when it's healed you can show your scars my, my my look at verse 21 we going somewhere we going somewhere then said jesus to them again peace be unto you as my father hath sent me even so send i you the Bible says then said Jesus to them again in other words Jesus will give you another chance Amen. Thank you, Amen. Jesus doesn't give you a second chance Jesus gives you another chance I don't know about you but I needed more than a second chance I needed another chance <laughs> So when he gave them another chance, look at this. The Bible says, he said, peace be unto unto you as my father hath sent me, even so send I you. So then he spoke peace to them and he authorized them to go. Even as my father sent me, so I send you. I authorize you to go. Remember, we behind closed doors, the shut, locked, sealed. Yes. So now Jesus shows up, gives us another chance, and authorizes us to go. Let's making sure we get all of this. Verse 22. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. After authorization, they are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Lord, fill us with the Holy Spirit again. You know, we have people today acting as though we don't need the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit who regenerates us. It is the Holy Spirit who rose Jesus from the dead. How, did, how in the world do we have born-again believers saying we don't need the Holy Spirit? It is my desire that God would fill us with the Holy Spirit again. Again. Well, Pastor, I've been filled. You need to be filled again. Look at your ugly attitude. Look at how you acted. Are you more like Christ now? See, the goal is always like Christ. It ain't about being better than sister so-and-so or better than brother so-and-so. The goal is to be like Jesus. To be conformed to the image of his dear son. That's the goal. I need the Holy Spirit for that. I need the Holy Spirit to walk out this life. I need the Holy Spirit. Say, God, fill me with the Holy Spirit again. Verse 23. Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. Now, let's get to the crux of the story here. Let's get to what Jesus is really bringing us. The Bible says in verse 24, But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. Wow. We do this whole story. We see Jesus unfolding all of his his, uh, majesty and, and, and pouring out the spirit of God upon a group of disciples. They're scared, but now the text changes. The emphasis or the subject now becomes a missing person. And the missing person is Thomas. Didymus. So, it says, he was not with them when Jesus came. So Thomas missed the service. I, I, I mean, you know, I'm just, are, are we all in the same book? I mean, Thomas missed the service. Now, I don't know what Thomas was doing. I'm sure you know, I, probably to Thomas it was important. You know how we are. To us, it was important. But according to the text, Jesus is aware that Thomas is not there. Maybe Thomas was watching the broadcast from home. I don't know what Thomas was at. But you know what? This is what I do know. You cannot always watch the broadcast or listen to the CD. Sometimes you just need to be there. Well, Pastor, you know, in this age of technology, okay, keep on thinking that. Jesus knew this day was coming. I thank God for technology and some of the privileges it has afforded us, but don't get it twisted you will always have to be amongst the people of God. Amen. Always. That will never, ever change. Amen. Well, pastor, you just don't know. Okay. You say, I don't know? Okay, i give it to you. My knowledge is limited. So let's read the book. Yes. Yes. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Amen. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together... As the manner of some is. So he said, Listen, you should not forsake being together, just like some people doing now. That's what he was writing then. But exhort one another. Encourage one another. Edify. Build one another up about what? And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now, I just this is my question. This is my question. Do you see the day approaching? So according to the text, Mm -hmm. we should not forsake the assembling together of ourselves because we see the day approaching. So the only reason you would forsake the assembling together of yourselves is because you don't see the day approaching. You are blinded by the things of this world and you don't see the day approaching. Well, what about the virus? What about the virus in Walmart? What about the virus in the restaurant? See, you, you know, and I, I don't want to say in all, in all honesty, those that may be listening under the sound of my voice, please be careful, because you can become quite comfortable where you are, because the enemy has lulled you to sleep. There's going to always be a time where we must come together as believers, always, At the writing of the book of Hebrews, from where I just read, at that time, the church was being persecuted. They were were being killed. Mm -hmm. All of their goods were being confiscated. And he's still encouraging them to come together. And you are simply saying, I'm concerned about a virus. Mm -hmm. Then okay, I get that. But please don't go anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Take that same concern and keep it and not go anywhere else. Right. Because if not, you're being a hypocrite.
1: Yes. Amen. Good
0: teaching. Amen. 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 Pop folks are probably right in now, boy. Can't wait to email that church. Well Oh well. It's right, you all. Right. Somebody's gotta call us back out of all of this somebody's got to stand up enough and say what's right, you know, there was a place where, you know, we, we've got the church is going to always no remember this, Jesus says that the gates of hell will not prevail against this church, Amen. I don't care what come on the land, the church is going to survive Amen. now that don't mean that all the people are because mm-hmm. right. there's some folks that ain't really there's some folks that was looking for out when the virus came oh I get to stay at home Praise the Lord. And I mean, don't get me wrong. It was nice. (laughs) I mean, you learn to take advantage of the opportunity, but you know what? You should not have lost your consecration. You should have not lost your devotion. (laughs) Verse 25. Oh, my goodness. The other other disciples therefore said unto him, we have seen the Lord. You know, you know, somebody come to you, boy, you you, you wouldn't believe what happened. Oh, my goodness. You see, they they came to him. now you got to understand, this is after Jesus has died, you all. So now, Thomas show up and they're like, man, we've seen the Lord. Now, look at Thomas' response. The other disciples therefore said unto him, we have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. See, trying to describe some services to people are just not the same as being there. Even when the disciples said, man, we've seen the Lord. that, that, That doesn't. It didn't do the real service any justice. It didn't really speak about what Jesus really did when He was there. It didn't. It, it didn't really convey the way their hearts felt when Jesus showed up inside that shut up room. So immediately Thomas' response is, "Well, I don't care what y'all talking about. This is what I need. Really. See, some of us have only heard about Jesus, and not." Now, listen, 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 listen. Some of us have only heard about Jesus and not actually experienced his presence personally since we were saved. See, I'm not saying you never experienced him. I'm saying you haven't experienced him since you were saved. See, they all had experienced Jesus before. see we're we're walking around a bunch of folks who are religious we've experienced him when we got saved listen to this i want you to hear and i'm almost finished i want you to hear what thomas says except i shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. See, because we've not experienced Jesus since our salvation, we make stipulations before we commit any further, watch this, to the call of God on our lives. Notice what Thomas said. I'm good right now. I'm good right now. But if you expect me to go further with this whole believing thing, this is what I need. This is my stipulation. I, I, I'm, you know, you know, I, I, he don't die. we seen him buried. And now you expect me to believe that he showed up with y'all. This is what I need. If you expect me to go any further in the call of God on my life, I need to put my hand into his side. If we're not careful... We become arrogant because we've not experienced the presence of god since we were saved and now we put stipulations on going further with god let me ask you this if you know that god's way is better if you know that god's not the problem why are we not giving our all to god could it be because we've not experienced his presence personally since we got saved that we now have stipulations in our life and will not go any further. Jesus. This good enough. I'm just doing enough of goodbye. Yes, what? Really pray? Really seek God? Really read? Really study? Yes,
1: sir.
0: Yes, sir. This is enough. I'm good. Oh, you want you want me to do more? I need something. I need some. See, so we have to be very careful because the call of God is on our lives. But have we given our all? Are you exhausting yourself of all that God has put in you to do what he calls you to do? Or is it just enough? Look at this. Verse 26, and we're getting ready to wrap it up. The Bible says, and after eight days. Again his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, doors being shut, stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. So Jesus comes in, locked doors again. See, fear can keep doors shut in our lives that need to be open. Amen. Verse 27. Then saith he to Thomas, so wait a minute, Jesus shows up, he didn't even acknowledge everybody else. Did you you catch that? Then saith he to Thomas, reach hither thy finger, behold my hands, reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. See, Thomas was a disciple that had only heard about Jesus being alive after the crucifixion. Now he's experiencing Jesus' presence personally. If we're not careful, we get ourselves into positions where we need God to do something for us before we will move forward. Now I'm gonna tell you why that's dangerous. When Jesus showed up, how did he know about Thomas? <laughs> Let me enlighten you. God knows when you're not believing. Good. Well, two or three are gathered in my name. So when a body of believers are gathered, God is in their midst. I don't care what you see or don't see. I'm saying what God said. So now for us to have the audacity to utter, whether it's verbally or if we utter it within, that we're not going further in the things of God, that we don't believe anymore unless God do this. We got to be careful. We got to be careful. Watch, let's, let's go through this whole thing here. So he's experiencing Jesus personally now. He's thrusting his hand in his side. Sticking his finger in the holes in his hand. Verse 28. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. I want you to see what happens when we experience Jesus' presence personally. It changes our whole perspective. Thomas wasn't just saying a title or uh, Thomas was saying everything I am is yours. Thomas was saying, I acknowledge you as king of kings, Lord of lords. Thomas was saying, you are my God. Thomas was saying, I believe everything now. See, 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 and, and, and some of us, we would say something like, well, God, if you could just let me put my hand. No, no, no. It's not about that. That's not what Jesus wanted. What he wanted him, well, mm, let let me go ahead and I'll show you what he wanted. Verse 29, Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, you have believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. See, what Jesus really wanted, I just want you to believe. I don't want your belief to be predicated on what you see. I want you to believe me because of my words sake. I want you to believe me because of what I said. Thomas you had to get this special opportunity here. But I want you to know blessed are those that have not seen and yet believe. So Jesus wants us to be blessed Because we trust him Whether we see him physically or not I am asking the Lord to meet us Individually as well as corporately Right where we are Meet us oh God Right where we are No stipulations Just let his glory be manifest Look at this The Bible says in Daniel 5 and 16, you don't have to go there. He's the dissolver of all doubts. Some of us have doubts. Oh God, what's really going on? People have lost heart. Over these last 15 months, the faith of a lot of people has failed. But God's the dissolver of all doubts. Look at this. And I close with this. When Jesus told him that, Thomas realized life is better when I live my life embracing the kingdom movement. Thomas realized it's better now because I really do believe. What does it take for you to realize that God's way is always better? What does it take for you to realize that God's not the problem? What does it take for you to give your all? Everything in you. Being exhausted for the glory of God. What does it take to get you there? Because the call of God that's on your life is a holy calling. It's not predicated on the church. It's a holy calling from a holy God. And that's who you answer to. And some of us now, we know we've not answered completely, wholeheartedly to God. We've been reserved. We've done our own thing. we tried to get through and make it our own way. But you said God's way was better. You said God wasn't the problem. So what's the real issue? Can it be that we really need to experience God's presence personally again? That that's where we really are. I'm not saying that you are not saved not saying that you do not love God. But we get away from his presence. We learn how to become methodical. We can do things. We learn how to conjure things now. We, we can fabricate things, manipulate things. Because we've learned how to say and do the right things at the right moment to get over. But what happens when you touch his side? See, because what really happened with Thomas is he was in the presence of the living God. And that's what we all need again. The presence of the living God. I desire nothing else. I say that honestly. If we can all just be consumed with his presence. In his presence is the fullness of joy. At his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Well, Pastor, what about this? What about that? I promise you it'll be resolved in his presence. Well, Pastor, I I got this going on in my life. I got that going on there. Well, what about, I got these challenges. In his presence is the fullness of joy. At his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. God knows his presence is all-encompassing. Well, how can you say that? Because God said this. He gave us a title. that's like no other title. He said. Emmanuel. God with us. He wants to be. With us. This ain't about God. Working for me. Doing something for me. Holy Ghost help me. I don't want. Oh my goodness. I don't want what God can do for me. I want God. I say that honestly. Well, pastor, what? See, you, 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 because nothing else will satisfy. Nothing else can, can, can fulfill a desire that only God can fulfill. Father, I pray for those that are under the sound of my voice now. God, we need you. And I don't mean, Lord, you know my heart. I don't mean what you can do. God, your word says that Israel knew the acts, but Moses knew your ways. God, there's a difference in knowing you and knowing what you're capable of doing. Father, I'm asking that you would move us, oh God, to a place of knowing you. To a place, God, where our hearts are fulfilled by your presence. God, so many things may have crept in over the days and the times that we've been absent from your presence and one another. But I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that you will come today. And you would make anew our relationship with you by your presence. God, you know what needs to be done in each and every one of our lives and what needs to be done corporately. God, I stand even as Jehoshaphat did and said, our eyes are upon you. God, we need you more than we even realize. God, things have crept in, Lord, and it has made us look as though you weren't necessary at times. Things have made us seem or deceived us into thinking that it's all right. We can make it without you. We've used you as a spare tire. That we only need you in the case of an emergency. Lord, not knowing that our lives are in a trauma state already. God, help us. And the only help is your presence. God, I'm not praying for a revival like we've seen in the past. I'm not praying for some spectacular move. My prayer is simply for your presence because you and you alone know what we need. And we need you, Lord. That we do know. We need you. Father, we thank you and we just honor you today. Amen. amen and amen. Listen, if, for those of you all that are watching us via Facebook, your relationship with Christ is the most important thing that you can possibly have. I'm asking that if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, the Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. In other words, knowing that Jesus died for your sins. See, we were born into sin. We need a substitute. We need a sacrifice. Jesus is the ultimate substitute and the ultimate sacrifice. He paid the price for us so that we didn't have to. He wants you to believe without having seen. If you believe that Jesus died for your sins and he was buried and he rose again on the third day, I want you to pray with me now. Let's bow our heads. Lord Jesus, I accept your death, your burial, and your resurrection. I believe that you died for my sins. I thank you as I ask you now to come into my life and be the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you now for filling me with your, Holy with your Holy Spirit, amen, amen. and amen. amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer with us here, I want you to reach out to the uh, uh, address that's on the screen or the phone number that's on the screen. Give them a call. Let them know, listen, I've prayed that prayer of faith, and I believe that I have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ now, and I am born again. You need to tell somebody of your change. You need to tell somebody, when, when Thomas touched Jesus, when he really came into Jesus' presence, he said, my Lord, my God. In other words, he understood the ramifications of the decision that he had made. I want you to know that you've just made the most important decision of your entire life. Reach out to that number that's on the screen and make sure you share with someone the fact that you have made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. Listen, we're getting ready to give here at Redeeming Love Work Ministries, and we believe that giving is a part of worship. Yes. Amen. Yes. We want to encourage you to be a part of the giving as well. Uh, there is also on the, the uh, screen a website that you can go to, and you can take advantage of being a part of the worship of giving here with us as well. We believe that giving is not a loss, but a gain. God says, uh, in in essence, he lets us know it's better to give than to receive. See, in order we say, well, how is it better? I told you, God's way is always better. Because if it's better to give than it is to receive, it must mean that God has blessed you to be a giver. He gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater, and he increases the fruits of our righteousness. God has made you a giver. If you're capable capable of giving, it's because God has made you a giver. And I believe that giving is not a loss but a gain. So I want you to take advantage of this opportunity to sow into this ministry if you see, if you uh, deem it so necessary. On, on because you know, I, I don't have time to get into this. But giving benefits you.
1: Yes, amen,
0: amen. You determine, he says, we get to determine what kind of seed we want. He which soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly. He which soweth bountifully shall also reap bountifully. So giving actually benefits us. We determine what we want from it. So as you plan to give today, determine what you want. Make, put your faith with the seed and go to that website. For those of us here, we have an app that we're going to give on. Uh, so we, we'll, we'll be giving right there with you because we believe that giving is indeed not a loss but a gain. I want to say thank you for tuning in with us today, and the Lord will continue to bless you rich, richly. Listen, we're going to go into our body ministry now. Wish you were here. You're welcome to be with us, 740 North Main Street. You can meet us at 730, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, you can meet us at 720 on Wednesday evenings, or at 930 a.m. on Sunday mornings. we we'll are believe in God for great things. And once again, God bless you, and thank you for being with us. God bless.